everybody. You got Dave here at Opposing the Matrix. How are you tonight? Hope you're doing well. I'm doing a solo show tonight. It's Friday night. It is the uh, 4th of June already, 2021, approximately 9.09 p.m. Pacific. Okay, now that you got all that data that you have absolutely nothing to do with, um, let's get a, let's get going on the show here. Um, local news. Um, you know I live in the People's Republic of Oregon, right? I'll take these off until I need to read. Um, and we have um, Dominfuhrer uh, Kate Brown running the state, and uh, or Oberfuhrer maybe is a better word for her. Um, I could think of a lot worse, and but I'm not going to say them on the Anyway. I have to have a respectable respectable show here. Excuse me. Um, So I I really can't speak my mind too much. Um, By the way, Monday night, Ralph Epperson's going to be on the show. And he's going to be talking about, or we're going to be talking about, he, he, Brian, and myself. We'll be talking about um, John F. Kennedy Jr. Is he alive? Is there proof that he's alive? I've found a lot of proof that he might be alive uh, in the way of pictures. Now, pictures can be photoshopped. They can be manipulated in many ways. But, man, you have to be awful good to manipulate these. Um, so, anyway, I'm not going to tell you about the pictures because I want them to be a surprise. I want them to be a surprise to Ralph, too. Um, so, we're going to do that. And then we're going to work into, from there, uh, since JFK Jr. has uh, basically said that he wants to catch all the people that killed his father... We're going to be uh, looking at the Kennedy assassination. That's one of Ralph's specialties. And he's going to tell you why Oswald didn't shoot Kennedy. And that there might have been two or three shooters. Um, And uh, he might even tell you that uh, at one point uh, when they were bringing the weapons down, they brought a Mauser, not a Carcano, but they brought a Mauser uh, from the third floor, or excuse me, the sixth floor of the the book building. And... um, you know, but they tried to pass it off as a Carcano. Uh, Carcano is a garbage rifle, folks. It really is. I, you know, it's, you know, being of Italian heritage, partly, um, I have to disown my Italian heritage when it comes to Carcano. Lousy rifle. Lousy caliber. Um, I don't know. It was garbage. And, and you know, it's why the Italians lost the war. Um Although I do think they used Mausers too, because Hitler was uh, was uh, supplying ammunition to the, the Italian army. And uh, but anyway, um, that they didn't win, and uh, so we'll go we'll go with that. But anyway, so he's going to be on, you know, giving you really proof, real proof. While um, why? Excuse me, I can't talk tonight. Save my life. Um, He'll be on to show you why Oswald did not kill Kennedy. That it was a conspiracy and that there were at least three or four people involved. So you might want to be here on, uh, well, actually, check the show out. Uh, look at it on Rumble if you're, if you're viewing the show. Um, it'll be on there before midnight on, um, on Monday night. And uh, after that, I'll be uploading it to Spreaker and Podbean. Podbeam. I keep saying Podbean. Um, anyway, I keep thinking of like a laser or something. Yes, they got struck with the Podbean. Um, anyway, so 
that's going to take care of Monday night. Uh, we're going to have Gordy Tong on again, and uh, Gordy has been lining up people for us to be on the show. Um, he was not canvassed to do that. He just thinks that uh, Posing the Matrix is, is a worthy format for people to get on and express their opinions and, and tell their, their research is and what they found. So, uh, and Gordy will be on again, too. We're going to have him on again. Um, so, um, I think everybody liked Gordy the other night. I'm getting nothing but good mail about him. Uh, Gordy, you, it's funny. You can get him started. It's like, you know, it's like one of those wind-up toys, you know, those cars you wound up and you held them, and then when you let it go, it went zoom. <laughs> That's what Gordy's like. I love it. Um, he's never at a lack for information, um, and he's, he's like the Energizer Bunny. He just keeps going and going and going, and we love that, okay? So, Gordy, if you watch this, don't ever change. You're amazing. Okay. So tonight, uh, we're going to – it's not really a dead horse, but, uh, you know, I, I, for one, am getting tired of talking about COVID stuff. Um, I wish it was over with and done and so we can just get rid of it. But, unfortunately, it's not. Um, and, and, and the only reason it's not is because the elites don't want it to be. Now, you got places like Florida, South Dakota, just about every other state in the Union except for a little chunk of the East Coast and um, Washington, Washington's even starting to open up, and California's almost all the way open. But we got this dumb jerk in the government governor's office, and I don't work for them anymore, so I can talk. Um, so she's in office, and you know she doesn't know whether it's to um, what's that term, wind her butt or scratch her watch. You know, um, she's totally ill suited for this. Uh, well, anyway. Um, I got to read to you something, and this is hilarious because things are mismanaged so much in the state of Oregon. I mean, it's like it's like everybody that failed high school is in public office in Oregon. Um, either that, or you know, they all read, wrote, you know, forgive me for saying this, the short bus um, when they were younger. Uh, it's amazing. There's no common sense whatsoever, and there's no social responsibility. It's all what can we get out of it, and how can we put it to the people, you know? Well, anyway, <clears throat> uh, let's see. Where is it? Oops, i got to go to my email, my Proton Mail. Boy, I'll tell you, Proton Mail is great. They're coming out with a new interface. Folks, if you want secure email that's encrypted to where they can't even read what you're writing, get Proton Mail, okay? Um, okay, I'm not going to tell you what my boss's name was, my ex-boss. Um, I had been writing to him because my last week at work, I had a doctor's note, and nothing was done about it. So I had to call in every night and say I was sick, just so that they didn't mark me as a no-call, no-show. I didn't want to take any chance that my retirement was going to be in, in the peril. So I, I flew straight. I did have a one-call, uh, no-call, no-show um, and it's because I just went to bed and forgot to call him. But anyway, um, so, you know, I wrote to him and I sent him the doctor's note and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he, he was, he's been so busy. You gotta, you gotta realize <laughs> with the state hospital, I don't mean to laugh, forgive me. Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, but at the, at the cost of my, um, my peers that I worked with up there, this is real serious. Um, what they did. And maybe this will 
kind of hit home with you because maybe your legislature or your governor is as Meshuggah as this woman is. Um, she defines Meshuggah. Meshuggah means crazy, okay, in, in uh, Yiddish. Um, so anyway, uh, when this whole COVID thing started, you know, we had, that's all we heard on TV was, oh, there's kids that are home without their parents because their parents are at work. You know, that's a, that's a legitimate concern, right? Yeah, I, I know if I had kids, you know, or school-age kids right now, I, I would really be concerned about that. Well, what they did is they they made it so that anybody could say that they had kids. They didn't even check to see if they had kids, right? So I could have walked in and said, you know, I've got two kids at home. I need the time off. And I would have gotten paid a full wage 40 hours a week for as many weeks as I wanted to. There's still some people up there that are out of work because they're claiming to have kids and they do not have kids. Um, and, you know, they're, they're so afraid of losing people that they will not investigate whether they have kids or not because right now they're down 200 people. And the people that are there are working double shifts. They're being mandated uh, to work double shifts. Um, and they're, uh, well, here, I'll tell you, um, it's in this that he wrote to me. He says, uh, hi, David. Sorry, I thought I had taken care of all of your time issues. I hope that you're doing okay and you are living the life of luxury. <laughs> Without money, how can you do that, right? Um, but I'm alive and I'm blessed, so everything's cool. Um, I've been slammed and didn't get back to you as I should. I was busy with HR from 8 to 11 that day. Then I had to take my wife to a doctor's appointment. I hope everything went smoothly when you turned in your keys and your PMT. That was like the panic button that we wore. Um, you're not missing anything around here. Um, one of my peers, I'm not going to say his name, was floated two days in a row and three times in one day. We're not supposed to double float. But when a state says you can double float, then it's okay. If you make the rules, you can break the rules, right? Um the National Guard starts the new employee um, orientation next week. Only 30 to start with. Take care of yourself. So the things are so bad that she's called the National Guard to come in and nurse and and be uh, mental health technicians and maybe pass meds and everything else. Um, it's just a mess. Uh, you got to understand that we had a... Um, a pretty good, I think he was pretty good, maybe because he was from New Jersey. Um, and I got along with him great because we knew a lot of the same places and everything. But um, his last name was Roberts, I think. And uh, when he ran the place, everything went well. Now, when I got hired, I got hired to work on a specific floor and not float. Okay? But then it changed. The hospital, like I said, you make the rules, you break the rules. And the union, phew, unions are piss poor um sorry didn't mean to use that word but anyway um so the union is you know wouldn't do anything you know they'd say they were going to do stuff but it's almost like the union represented the employer instead of us so anyway um so if you complain to them nothing happened well anyway it got to be where we were getting floated upstairs and downstairs which isn't bad because it's kind of like my own floor i worked in a very subacute unit um it was where they were going to get out after they were on our unit. So they had to be on their good behavior, had to be trying to get out and everything else. Um, and, and trying takes a little effort. Um, and so they, they were on their best behavior for the most part. And uh, it was a super cool unit to work on. I loved it. 
was all males. Um, I didn't have to deal with women. Uh, when I got floated, I did, and I, then I realized why I was so blessed where I was. But anyway, like I said, they started, uh, like it said here that the guy got moved, uh, floated two days in a row, and one day he got floated three times, which means he went to one unit and then to another unit and then to a third unit. And that's totally against the rules, but you make the rules, you break the rules, right? Um, matter of fact, when I left, I called OSHA on him. Uh, and I and I complained to the state, too, because the doctor wrote me three notes not to float, and they still tried to float me anyway. Um, that's when I decided to retire. I mean, I, they really did me a favor, wouldn't you say? Um, they forced me out, which is okay, because I can retire, I can get Social Security now. Um, not the full Social Security, but I'm getting a good amount, and I'm getting part of my pension and everything else. So, you know, thank you, Oregon State Hospital, for forcing me to retire, because you did me a really good one on that. Thank you so much. Um, and you're still still having a hard time, and if you would have kept me and just let me stay in my unit, then everything would have been fine. But no, you had to mess around with everybody's lives and, and everything else, and, uh, and you're reaping the you're reaping what you're sown, and uh, oh well, you know I, I can't do anything to help you, nor would I try. I don't think. Um, yeah, I'm a little bitter, I guess. But anyway, um, let's see here. I mean, okay, that's a little better. Um, okay, so I don't even know how I started going down that rabbit hole. Um, the only good thing that happened was they didn't force me to get uh, get the shot. I told them right off the bat I wasn't taking it. And, you know, they were acting like I was a blasphemer. <laughs> we were at uh, McDonald's this morning and uh, getting breakfast, and my wife sat in a seat that you're not supposed to sit in because it's, you know, you're not supposed to sit anywhere and eat in McDonald's in this particular store. And she sat there, and I went, blasphemer! <laughs> Everybody kind of laughed at that. It was kind of funny, actually. The guy who was sitting behind her started to laugh, and then a couple of people that were standing behind, you know, got a little... <laughs> and I've been having a lot of fun with this COVID thing. You know, um, I'm, I'm taking it lighthearted because if you take it heavy-hearted and, and you're all stressed out about it, what good is it going to do? You're going to get sick from being stressed out, or you're going to lower your immune system so that when it comes around, you can catch this damn darn thing. Excuse me. Ooh. Um, so, anyway, um, okay. So I told them I wasn't taking the, the shot, and my doctor was, uh, at first my doctor told, wrote a note telling him that I was not a good candidate for the shot, but the whole time he was telling me to get it. And I'm like, I'm not taking it. I'm not going to take it. And finally I wrote to him, and I gave him the religious reasons why I wasn't going to take it. It violates Torah in several places. I'm a, I'm a Torah adherent for the most part. I, you know, I know that Yeshua did fulfill some of the Torah, and those parts I don't worry about. Um but I do keep Shabbat, and I celebrate the, the, the festivals and the feasts. And, um, you know, if, if, I, if we were on a farm and I hurt somebody's ox, I'd buy him a new ox. Basically, that's what the Torah is all about. It's relationships up and relationships across. Ooh, that makes a cross. That's interesting. Um, anyway, so uh, they didn't force me to get it, and my doctor finally acquiesced to my, my denial you know, telling me, well, if you would have told me that to begin with, I wouldn't have worried about it, wouldn't have been bothering you. And I says, well, I'm, you know, I've been persecuted quite a few times for my my heritage. And 
you know, you, there's times when you just kind of take the easy way out so you don't get, you get tired of being called a kike and a Christ killer and everything else. And that's another thing, you know, if, look, in, look at the, the, the account of the crucifixion, crucifixion, excuse me. Um, it was the Romans that whipped him. It was the Romans that put the crown of thorns on his head. It's the Romans that beat him. It's the Romans that made him carry the cross to the cross to the Golgotha. And it was the Romans that uh, nailed him to the cross and dropped the stake in the ground. It was a Roman that pierced his side so that blood and, and water would come out. Um, I don't see Jew there. And, oh, well, yeah, they forced the, oh, yeah, they forced the Romans. Right. They forced the conquerors of the known world at that time to do something that they didn't want to do. Right. Well, when you look at it, you know, Yeshua said, nobody takes my life. I lay it down on my own accord. So they were, and that's why when he's on a cross, he said, forgive them, Father, because they really don't know what they're doing. You know, they were actually fulfilling prophecy. And um, yeah, so anyway, you know, I, I, here's another rabbit trail I went down. Um, excuse me. I have to get some go juice here. Like my cup, it's a, it's a, um, it's a cup to use for soup. I used to do that the, um, we used to go to um, the buffet. Uh, they'd have these little tiny things for ice cream, about this big. And I used to go get the soup bowls that were this big. Um, anyway, so let, let me get serious and get going here. Um, okay, so this whole COVID thing, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but at the same time, the horse isn't dead yet. So let's let's beat it a little more. Okay, the horse, that is. Um, so... Now, what we've been saying all along is starting to happen. People are starting to get sick. People are dying from this vaccine. Um, they're getting neurological disorders. There was one lady, I, I was watching the video, it was very difficult to watch, and the next one I'll tell you about was even more difficult. But um, And she was sitting there, and she was all hunched over and with, a, with slurred speech, and she says, no, I'm not high and I'm not drunk. She says, I've got a neurological disorder. And so she talked a little bit, and then she got up, and she was convulsing like this while she was walking around, you know. And she said, if I had it to do all over again, I never would have gotten the COVID vaccine. So she was she was okay before she got it, and that's the result. She had neurological problems. A lot of people are reporting neurological problems. Um, and the next one was, um, it was really difficult to watch. It was... Uh, a guy that looked like he was laying in an emergency room. He had a, one of those oxygen um, masks on with the bag on it. And um, he was having a hard time breathing, a very difficult time breathing. Uh, not because his lungs were filled up, I don't think, but because he was having spasms. And he, um, every time he tried to breathe, his body would writhe on the, you know, he's, it was, it was awful to watch. And then his body was shaking, you know, like he had a bad fever and stuff. And, um, man, I'll tell you, I don't know how I got through that video, but I felt so sorry for him. He even said a prayer for him afterwards. So, um, it was, it wasn't good anyway. Um, and you know, that little chuckle, that's a nervous laugh. Okay. I wasn't laughing at the guy's condition. I, I've always done that. So please understand. I don't laugh at people's ailments. I, um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, people voluntarily took this shot without knowing what the ramifications were going to be. And 
I know that there's lots of people out there like me and you who are telling our loved ones, don't get the shot, don't get the shot. And I told my mother and sister that, and they both went and got the shot. Um, what do they say? A prophet has no honor in his own country? Yeah, in his own family either. Um, anyway, now i got to sit and wonder, you know, are they going to just have no, no symptoms, no problems? Hopefully. I mean, I pray that all the time. Or am I going to get a phone call one day? You know, your mother had a heart attack. She had an embolism in her brain, you know, or something like that. And since she's 83 or 84 years old, you know, they're, they're going to say, well, you know, it had to do with age. Uh, no, they'll chalk it up for COVID, of course, but um, but it will have to do it. it could, you know, that people that age normally have strokes and stuff like that. So, um, and then my sister, you know, she's three years younger than me, than me, and I would like to precede her in death, okay? Um, I love my sister, I really do, and I don't want to see her get hurt, but... Everybody makes their own choices when it comes to this. And um, I've told them left and right, up and down, forwards and backwards, not get this shot. And they went out and did it anyway. So, um, And my sister was so she could travel. Well, that's going to be an expensive ticket if it takes a bad turn. And again, I pray it doesn't. Um, so um, a lot of things are happening with people that took the shot. Um, I know a couple of people that I formerly worked with, boy, it's nice to say that, um, that they were immune compromised. One of them had Crohn's disease and uh, actually two of them had Crohn's disease and they both went and got the shot. Their doctor told them that they should get the shot. That doctor, if anything happens to them, that doctor should lose his license, you know. And the problem with doctors is that they believe what they hear. They believe what, what they read in the AMA, American Medical Association Journal, um, all their scientific journals that are coming out. They're all saying there's nothing wrong with the shot. So in a way, it's not the doctor's fault. He's just he's been trained or she to to listen or read these journals and listen to them and, and think that they're 100 percent correct. And they're not. And I think there's going to be a lot of doctors coming up that are going to be really morose and, and mournful that they. They force people to get this, or at least uh, talk them into it, you know. And um, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. I really wouldn't. But um, anyway, so I went to naturalnews.com. They have a lot of neat stuff on there. Every once in a while, you find a little article that you're going, no, I don't think so. You know, it's, uh, I don't think that's that's true. And because uh, it's, it's so far-fetched. Um, and and now that I'm, you know, they were talking about nano, they were calling them nanobots that were the shot was putting in people. But now they're kind of changing the talk to nanoparticles. And that makes sense because the viral pro, the virus spike is a, is a nano, um, a nano, um, not bot, a nanoparticle. Okay. Um, so that I can agree with. Okay. And, uh. You know, it's, it's supposedly these things are going all throughout the person's body and stuff, and they can break the blood-brain barrier. And we're going to read about, I'm going to read about that, and there's a video that we're going to watch, too, from a doctor who's pro-vaccination, just not pro-COVID vaccination. And uh, so anyway, why don't we get this show on the road, and uh, I'm going to flip over to here to where you see full screen, and we're going to look at a few things, okay? All right, there we go. 
Here we go, Wilbur. Okay, so let's see. Let's scroll up here a little bit. I can put my glasses on. Okay. All right, let's um, let's go with this one first, okay? And there's another one down here, too, that was quite interesting, but I think it's so far down I can't. Okay, never mind. Um, okay, so let's look at this one here. And um, CDC reports over 10,000 post-vaccination coronavirus cases demonstrating vaccine failures aren't merely rare, little quotation marks with my fingers. Um, so in other words, they were saying that they're rare. Well, 10,000 is not rare. I'm sorry. Even if it's 10,000 out of 100 and so 120, 130 million, um, it's okay if you, you're not one of those 10,000, but if you're one of the 10,000, it's your life, if, it, if you're still living, is not good. Um and in medicine, there's no such thing as the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Um, that's from Star Trek, and that's not biblical. Um, okay, so this is natural news. The Center for Disease Controls and Prevention, the CDC, reported more than 10,000 post-vaccination COVID-19 cases. These so-called breakthrough cases came from 46 states and territories that sent figures to the public health agency. The CDC report came about as 101 million Americans became fully vaccinated as of April 30th. Lord, help them not to get sick. Um, according to CDC data, as of April 30th, there were 10,262 breakthrough infections reported in fully vaccinated people. Breakthrough cases are defined as Wuhan coronavirus infections that occur two or more weeks after someone gets their final COVID-19 vaccine dose. This can refer to the second dose, to the second dose of the Pfizer um, slash BioTech or Moderna mRNA vaccine, or a single dose of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, which I thought they were going to take off the market. Um, anyway, approximately 10% of the 10,262 patients required hospital care. About 1.5% um, equals is equal to 160 people died of COVID-19. Meanwhile, about 3 in 10 hospitalized patients did not show symptoms or were admitted for a reason unrelated to COVID-19. 28 deaths were noted as asymptomatic, meaning they didn't have any symptoms. Patients, asymptomatic patients, or attributed to causes unrelated to the disease. And by the way, it's not a disease. It's an infection. A disease is something like um, Crohn's, uh, like I mentioned before, um, you name it, a disease is basically something that you get, cancer is a disease, uh, multiple sclerosis, uh, cystic fibrosis. It's all things that are, you know, if, they, if it works the wrong way, it's going to take your life. Okay, this is an infection. It's inflammation. Okay, um, the flu is not a disease either. It's an infection. Okay, um, pardon me while I take another drink here. I got to drink this before it gets cold and it's rapidly becoming that, so... Um, I wish I could sing while I'm drinking, but I can't do that. Oops, I got a hole in my lip. Okay, let me just, I'm going to down this, okay? Okay, down the hatch. 
through the teeth and over the gums. Look out, stomach, here it comes. Okay. All right. The public health agency said the latest figures indicate that breakthrough infections occur in just a small fraction of vaccinated persons. See, they're trying to make it sound like it's not important. It continued, uh, the number of COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations, and deaths that will be prevented among vaccinated persons will far exceed the number of vaccine breakthrough cases. In other words, <laughs> the ends justify the means. Okay, this is a big lab test. It's uh, um, it's a, a laboratory test where the people are the lab rats, and yeah, some of them are going to make it, and some are. They're they're denoting people as being test animals. We're not people anymore. We're test animals to the biotech companies and uh, and the big pharma. And that's got to stop. Um, anyway, the CDC noted two limitations to the figures it released. First, the number of vaccine breakthrough cases may be a substantial undercount, as its surveillance system for those reports relies on passive and voluntary reporting. Second, many people with breakthrough infections, particularly asymptomatic patients, might not seek testing. The agency nevertheless insisted that there's no evidence the COVID-19 vaccines contributed to patient deaths. Okay, but right up there it says they did. Okay. I mean, these people have Fauci disease. <laughs> Three paragraphs up, it says that they did. Now it says that they, doesn't. they don't. Um, reports the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System of deaths following vaccination do not necessarily mean the vaccine caused the death. A post uh, on its website said, and in parentheses, uh, related vaccine failure cover-up, CDC tracking, and breakthrough of coronavirus that occur at fully vaccinated people. So that's the name of the article. Okay, a subtotal, t- subtitle here. The vaccines themselves increase people's risk of contact, contracting uh, Wuhan coronavirus variants of concern. Um, one of the... One, Oh, excuse me. Of the more than 10,000 breakthrough infections reports the CDC received, more than 500 cases had genomic genomic sequencing data available. Wuhan coronavirus variants, including the British B117 strain, were responsible for over 60% of these 555 breakthrough infections. The CDC's findings came out of, on the same day that a separate group of researchers related Research the study, excuse me, uh, about breakthrough infections. University of Washington science scientists noted in their May 2021 paper that variants of concern are overrepresented uh, among the breakthrough cases they re- they examine. Of the 20 cases investigated, the B1427 strain, one of two variants found in California, was responsible for 40% of the infections. They noted that variants known for reducing antibody neutralization, such as the California B1427 and B1429 strains, the South African B1351 strain, and the Brazilian P1 strain, were overrepresented vis-a-vis the B117 strain. They also found that 20 uh, breakthrough cases they observed had a substantially stronger viral load than usual. Interesting. By the way, what a viral load is that um, there's there's so many viruses of any antigen or any um, toxin or, or virus that need need are needed for your body to act, 
to, to your body to absorb in order for you to get a virus. In other words, if uh, you were around somebody that had the flu and you got one viri inside of you, you probably wouldn't catch the flu. Your body would pick it up right away and destroy it. But if somebody sneezes and you get, you know, 10,000 viri and, you know, you're going to catch it, that's what it means. It's a viral load. Um, if you know somebody with AIDS and they have a low viral load, after a while, if they keep on their meds, they have a zero viral load. It can't be detected. Uh, and the same with hep C and the new medications they're coming out with. By the way, if you've got hep C, there's some medications out there that can take it away. Um, talk to your doctor about that. You might be a good candidate for it. And they don't make you sick as the uh, Pegasus and stuff did back in, uh, 10, 20 years ago. Um, okay, Brown University School of Public Health, Dean Ashish Yaha, or Jaha, said the uh, CDC's report shows that the three COVID-19 vaccines authorized for emergency use in the U.S. work well. He said during the ABC appearance, these vaccines are way better than I would have predicted a year ago, but they're not 100% effective. So we're going to see some breakthrough infections that are exceedingly rare. 10,000 is not exceedingly rare. Okay. That's my thought. Um, a study in the middle of April this year showed how vaccines may put people at higher risk for contracting Wuhan coronavirus variants of concern. Israeli researchers examined COVID-19 test results of both unvaccinated people and those who received the Pfizer-BioTech vaccine. Israel used uh, the two-dose mRNA vaccine on a majority of its population. They then compared the test results from both groups and found that individuals fully vaccinated with the Pfizer-BioTech COVID-19 vaccine were eight times more likely to contract the B1351 variant. Meanwhile, those who received at least one dose had a higher chance of contracting the B117 variant. The prevalence of the British strain was no different in Israelis who were fully vaccinated, the researchers found. Um, there's, I guess, another article that says related South African B1351 coronavirus vac, um, variant affects vaccinated patients more easy than unvaccinated warned Israeli researchers. And there's a link to this. By the way, this is on Natural News and um, naturalnews.com. And if you go there now, um, you can find it, um, you know, in, in a month or so. It's going to be way down on the page. It'll never disappear. Okay. Uh, lead researcher, Dr. Adi Stern. Uh, Tel Aviv University said, we found a dis disproportionately higher rate of the South African B1351 variant among people vaccinated with the second Pfizer-BioTech vaccine dose compared to the unvaccinated group. Based on patterns in general, in the general population, we would have expected just one case of the South African variant, but we saw eight. She added that based on her findings, the B1351 strain can bypass through vaccine-induced immunity to some extent. And it says visit Vaccine News, and there's a link there, um, to read more about breakthrough COVID-19 infections in vaccinated people. And some of their sources were the epictimes.com, cdc.gov, medrx4, uh, or iv.org, and lifesitenews.com. Okay, so those are pretty reputable um, sources. Okay. All right, that went faster than I thought it was going to go. Okay, now here's another one. Spike proteins administered intravenously are engineered to cross the blood-brain barrier, cause cerebral hemorrhage. Um, 
it doesn't say this in the article, I don't think, but let me let me clarify something. Just because you get a shot in your muscle in your arm, or if you took if they give it in the, the buttocks, doesn't mean that it's not going to go into your blood. Okay, because your muscles are fed with veins and arteries and or, or excuse me, arteries and capillaries, and the veins take the waste away. Um, and so a virus is small enough to, to get into the blood from your muscles because your muscles are are are, um, nutri- um, are fed with from the blood. I can't think of the word I was thinking of. Anyway, um, so this fact that you know it stays in your arm and in your body, you know your lymph nodes near your arm starts making antibodies, isn't necessarily true. I think I don't know. <laughs> I've given shots, a lot of shots, and for it to spread where it needs to go, it's got to enter your bloodstream, okay? I'm talking about psychiatric meds, but still it's an injection, and they're usually deep injections. It it gets in the muscle, and it gets throughout your body. And if it's a psychiatric medication that affects the brain, it does go into the blood. I'm sorry. Um, and, there, and there's always a chance that when they put it in your arm or your buttocks or wherever, that it's going to hit a blood vessel. That's why when they put it in, they drop back a little, see if some blood comes into the syringe. And if that happens, then they got to throw it out and start all over again, or they're supposed to. Um, anyway, so I wanted to say that before we get into this article, okay? And again, the article is spike proteins administered intravenously are engineered to cross the blood-brain barrier and can cause cerebral hemorrhage. Um, maybe I should explain one more thing. The blood-brain barrier is the very important thing for you and I. Um, I don't know exactly how it works, but I know that there are certain drugs that can't cross it, and there are certain um, infections that can't cross it either. In other words, if you're going to get an infection in your brain, it's most likely going to be um, um, meningitis, okay? Um, I've lost a couple of people to meningitis, and it's not a good thing to watch. Um, it's, it's a really hard thing to watch. Um, I lost my wife and my, my first wife and my father that way. Okay, so anyway, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, there's, a, there's a chemical in your brain called uh, carbidopa, and it helps to, uh, the people that have Parkinson's don't have enough carbidopa in their blood or in their brain um, to help them to, uh, to function correctly. That's why they, they start walking uh, with a strange gait. They start getting stiff, their hands shake and stuff like that. And there's a drug called... Uh, Cinemet, I think it was the name of it, yeah, and um, it's a combination drug, carbidopa and levodopa. Well, your brain will not let carbidopa in, but the carbidopa binds to the levodopa, it'll let levodopa in. So when the levodopa comes in, the carbidopa hitchhikes on the levodopa and it gets to your brain. Um, and so that's the way it works. So in order to have a medicine go be effective in your brain, it has to, it has to break that barrier, it has to be able to go through it. And um, so, uh, if your if your blood is full of spike proteins, um, and and this is right, and they can pass through the blood brain barrier, then uh, that's not a good thing. Uh, okay, I'm not going to say that joke. It's a Woody Allen joke, so you can imagine it's not a good thing. So, anyway, um, okay, so let's go to the article. Okay. Spike proteins administered intravenously or engineered to cross the blood-brain barrier can cause cerebral hemorrhage, okay? 
It's a nice picture of somebody's brain. And you can tell it's a conservative and not a liberal because those areas are areas that are working. Okay? A liberal, it would just be all this color right here. And this also, I think, shows how the, uh, the blood, the, uh, blood nutri um, brings nutrients to the brain, too, if I'm not mistaken. But the, here's your brain, and here's your spinal column right here, or the start of your spinal cord, I should say. And um, it's all one unit, okay? There's This fluid goes down here, and this fluid comes up here. So um, if you get an infection of the brain, a lot of times it, it'll infect this, or a lot of times if you get something, some injury to your spine, the infection will start down at the bottom, and it'll work its way up to your brain, and um, that's not a good thing. Okay. So, a study from Nature Neuroscience. Oh, folks, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I always do this. I forget that I, I do the audio of this show and upload it to different places. I was just showing a picture of the brain. It looks like it's maybe an MRI scan, and it's uh, it's got different colors on it. It's got red, and it's got yellow, and the spinal column's got red and yellow. It's going down, So, and the rest of the body. It's kind of a neat picture, actually. Um, all the different colors and everything. Okay. Okay, natural news. A study from Nature Neuroscience um, finds that the S1 spike protein of the SARS-CoV-5-2 uh, crosses the blood-brain barrier in mice and can cause damage in cardiovascular and central nervous systems. Uh, the spike protein is, ready, is readily cleared from the blood and taken up by peripheral tissues. Uh, SARS-CoV-2, I'm just going to say SARS-CoV RNA uh, was uh, recovered from cerebral spinal fluid, proving it could cross the blood-brain barrier. Okay, the study shows that these new spike proteins have been engineered to exploit angiotensin converting enzymes, or, A, uh, two, or ACE2s, allowing for the increased intake of spike proteins into the lungs and specifically to the brain. This is, the, this is why the real case of SARS-CoV uh, um, can cause symptoms in the central nervous system, including changes in taste and smell, headaches, twitching, seizures, confusion, vision impairment, nerve pain, dizziness, impaired consciousness, nausea, hemiplegia, um, ataxia, stroke, and cerebral hemorrhage. So why are people going along with these new vaccines if they turn if they turn there's their own cell phones in the spike protein factories. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> if they turn their own cells into spike protein factories. Um, if it's if they're using 5G, it might also affect, too. That's a whole other story. Okay, inter, uh, a small, um, how do we call it, sub uh, subtitle here. Intravenous administration of spike proteins concentrates in the brain 10 times greater than nasal exposure. The engineered SARS-CoV-2 um, spike protein binds to human cells using the S1 subunit. The researchers revealed that the S1 subunit was readily taken up in the uh, para, no, par, and I said this word before and I said I wasn't going to mess it up, parencysmal uh, brain space, the hippocampus and the olfactory bulb and was measured in 11 regions of the brain. When the spike proteins were administered intravenously, they can concentrate it in the brain 10 times greater than when administered intranasally. Okay. Um, 
interesting because the nose has got a lot of blood vessels in it, and so does your arm. And anyway, uh, these are the same spike proteins that human cells are forced to translate, get that, forced to translate, synthesize, and replicate using the genetic instructions provided by the new mRNA vaccines and adenovirus-vectored vaccines. The lab-engineered spike protein that's being mass-produced in human cells is not only subverting the natural genetic template of protein synthesis, but is also inundating the brain with foreign toxins. The research finds that the spike proteins uh, readily cross the the blood-brain barrier through a process called absorptive transcytosis. Transcytosis is is a type of cellular transcellular uh, transport in which various uh, macro molecules are transported across the interior of the cell. Uh, Adsorbive mediated transcytosis provides the means for brain delivery of medicines across the blood-brain barrier. So what I think it's trying to say here is that, in other words, let's just say there was 15 cells that separated your um one set of tissues from the inside of your brain, but the um, the, the same blood vessel carried a, the, the blood to the, those um, tissues and also to your brain. Well, they wouldn't pass through the blood-brain barrier, but if they go into like cell 15, it's like they ride a um, like like riding a subway car, and they they go they jump from car to car to car until they get to the front. And because those cells are so close, they're able just to transfer over to the blood uh, to the brain cavity. And um, so they jump from cell to cell to cell to cell and until they, um, they're able to jump over. Um, this is an insidious thing that, that man has invented, I'm telling you. Um, let's see. Okay, it's wired to spike proteins designated to readily absorb across, across the blood-brain barrier. Could this mode of action be intended to deliver other medication and chemicals, genetic instructions, or autoimmune attacks to brain cells? Is this the real reason for encephalitis and brain hemorrhage following both infection and vaccination? What are the ramifications of spike protein accumulating in the brain? Will will recently vaccinated persons suffer acute or permanent brain damage from these experimental injections? The research also showed that inflammation increases spike protein uptake into the brain and lungs. When the animals were induced with inflammation, uh, the intravenously administered spike proteins enter the brain more readily. Um, people who eat plant-based anti-inflammatory diets are more equipped to survive spike protein attacks of the brain. That's interesting. I'm still not going to become a vegetarian. Um, another subtitle, uh, Engineering Coronavirus Spike Proteins from Human Experimentation and Vaccine Development. Naturally occurring coronaviruses were first identified in the mid-1960s, They were named after the crown-like spikes on the surface. These viruses are prevalent in animals, however. Four coronaviruses are are known to infect humans, including 229E, NL63, OC43, and HKU1. All these strains cause mild cold-like symptoms, and yes, a cold is a coronavirus. in the 21st century, scientists have been studying and, in, and engineering the coronavirus spike protein. Scientists can splice genes into the coronavirus spike protein, allowing 
natural selection to rapidly mutate the spike protein in the lab, one gene at a time. This serial passage technique hides any trace of human interference. Interesting. But the advanced attachment properties of the resulting virus are a dead giveaway that the virus was manipulated in a lab. This controversial gain-of-function research was banned in the U.S. in 2004, but continues to take place in the U.S. and abroad, as long as the research was conducted to invent new vaccines. Today, new experimental vaccines are being unleashed as the outbreaks occur in real time. No kidding. Um, Excuse me. Since coronavirus gain-of-function research began, Three new coronaviruses have emerged, causing severe illnesses in human humans. SARS-CoV-1 was first identified in China in 2003. I think that was, oh no, okay. I was thinking of the um, H1N1, okay, uh, I'm wrong. Um, let's see, 2003, MERS, uh, COVID-4, or 5, excuse me, was first identified in Saudi Arabia in 2012, and today, SARS-CoV-2 was first identified in Wuhan, nearby the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. Beijing researchers affiliated with the Academy of Military Medical Science published a study in 2020 explaining the methods they used to modify corona spike proteins to exploit human lung cells. Um, the research equipped mice with the ACE2 receptor from a human lung cells from human lung cells by exploiting the ACE2 receptor the spike protein is engineered to attack the brain and lungs of humans. Nice. The damage uh, of this laboratory leak vaccine experiment will only continue as new vaccine experiments go live on the population, translating spike proteins in human cells and attacking human brains in the unforeseeable future. And their sources were nature.com, um, the NCBI, NLM, NIH.gov, CDC.gov, naturalnews.com, and naturalnews.com. So, okay. All right. There was another one, and i got to try to find it, okay? It's it's around here somewhere real close. Um, let's see. Bear with me, okay? It's here somewhere. This is interesting. Big Pharma now taking out big tech. Oracle VP dies in COVID of COVID after receiving second vaccine injection. Wow. Um, let's see. Pro vaccine Canadian researcher warns COVID vaccine proteins are killing people. We made a big mistake. I think this is it. Yeah, it is. And there's the video. Okay. I'm only going to read down so far because the things that he says um, are actually in the video. Okay. Okay. I'll read down to there. Okay. I won't be reading very much, then we'll listen to the video or watch it, and then you guys that are listening on radio can listen to it. Uh, terrifying new research has found that the spike proteins contained in um, and then manufactured by Wuhan, Wuhan Corona COVID-19 vaccines are directly responsible for cardiovascular injury and death. Dr. Byram W. Brindle, Ph.D., 
says that he and several colleagues gained access to the first-of-its-kind biodistribution study out of Japan, showing that even when injected into the muscle tissues in the arm, the mRNA messenger RNA injections from Moderna and Pfizer Biotech, BioNTech, uh, caused the production of spike proteins that more often than not get into the bloodstream and cause deadly blood clots. There you have it, heart, brain damage, and infertility. The spike protein on its own is almost entirely responsible for the damage of the cardiovascular system, Brindle warned during a recent radio interview. Watch below. He says, if you inject a purified spike protein into the blood, there is all kinds of damage to the cardiovascular system. It could be, it can cross the blood-brain barrier and cause damage to the brain. Okay. Okay, the spike protein gets into the blood, circulates to the blood in individuals over several days post-vaccination. Brindle further explains that it accumulates in a number of tissues, such as the spleen, which you need, uh, the bone marrow, which you really need, the liver, you can't do without, and the adrenal glands, um, you need those, and the ovaries. Well, I guess we need those, too, or else the species dies out, right? Okay, I'm not going to read any further because it's all going to be explained in this uh in this video, so I'm going to go ahead and play the video. I met a lot of science these days. It's coming at us fast and furious, and a lot of people asking, well, good questions. You know, the vaccines, are they safe for kids? Um, certainly, there's a big push to get kids as young as 12 the shot as soon as possible, but um, not everyone's confident about it, even if you're not an anti-vaxxer. There are a lot of parents who are kind of nervous about putting something into their kids um, and then I read that there have been several dozen cases of heart problems in teens and young okay. adults, you know, it looks which like Israel is now looking into. Um, and what they're looking into, okay, which they'll release the results of, are why mostly not males, not all, but around and 22 years of age and younger time, right? are getting heart inflammation. Therefore, I will read. Okay. The cure is worse than the disease. In a study, 13 healthcare workers were given injections of Moderna's shot the Chinese virus, I'm glad they're calling it that, resulting in 11 of them having detectable spike proteins in their blood. This, Brindle says, only further solidifies the fact that the vaccine spike proteins are pathogenic proteins that are toxic to the body. It can cause damage if our, in our bodies if it gets into circulation, Brindle warned of the vaccine spike protein. Um, now we have clear-cut evidence that the vaccine that make the, what's this, that the vaccines... Now we have clear-cut evidence that the vaccines that make cells in our deltoid muscles manufactured as protein. The vaccine itself plus the protein get into the blood circulation. When in circulation, the spike proteins bind to the receptors that are on our um, platelets and the cells that line our blood vessels. What then happens, it can take, it can either cause platelets to clump, which can lead to clotting, and it can also lead to bleeding and and the heart is involved. Even worse is the fact that after being injected into the muscle tissue, mRNA-induced spike proteins also have the potential to cross the blood-brain barrier and cause neurological damage. This is why many of the fatal cases of blood clots and the damage is observed in the brain. Um, all these potential outcomes are far worse than the virus itself, of course, and go to show that the cure is worse than the disease or the infection. Uh, when with the when will the world wake up and realize that these so-called vaccines are a eugenics program in action? 
um, when uh, while there may be a handful of researchers out there who actually had good intentions when it comes to the idea of injecting bodily uh, injecting deadly spike proteins in the body, the whole thing was still a big mistake, Brindle says. We didn't realize until now, he contends about the process, we thought the spike protein was a great target antigen. We never thought the spike protein itself was a toxin and was a pathogenic protein. So by vaccinating people, we we're inadvertently inoculating them with a toxin. Brindle and a group of scientists received $230,000 grant last year from the government to research Chinese virus injections. With this, they were able to obtain data on the shot showing that the spike protein that contain the or produce are almost solely responsible for the cardiovascular damage being observed in patients after they receive their injections. You will find more related news stories of the Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 injections at chemicalviolence.com. Interesting. And they sourced uh, lifesitenews.com and brighton.com. I think that's where the video came from. Okay, folks. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and do this, and I'm going to do this, and you get to look at my mug again. Oh, it's dark in here now. Okay. There. Is that a little better? Maybe a little brighter. There. I see the light. Okay. So it's starting to come out, folks, that this thing is a nightmare. It's, it's, they put it perfectly, eugenics program. And who do we got to thank for that? Well, we got Mr. Fauci. We got the Chinese, of course, but Fauci funded them. Okay. We got Mr. Mangala Gates. Um, who's been funding everybody concerned this and wants everybody to be injected, but he also wants to reduce the population of the world to 500 million. Um, we got various other people. We have doctors that really don't know what they're advising people about, advising them the wrong way, um, which I said isn't necessarily their fault. But um, at the same time, we're responsible, you and me and the doctors and everybody else, that's, that has to do with this vaccine and medicine in general is responsible for looking up and seeing. In other words, let me put it this way. When I get a new medication where the doctor suggests something, he'll say, like, well, think about this medication. I go home and I get on the Internet and I type in something like um, reviews of whatever, whatever the drug name is. And, you know. I'll get some people who will tell me, well, yeah, it's a good drug. It worked good for me. And then I'll hear horror stories. And then i got to try to figure out, okay, well, what caused the horror stories? Okay. Um, if, uh, okay, here's a, if you're taking warfarin, right, and you decide to take aspirin too, not a good idea because it potentiates the warfarin. Your blood gets so thin you can bleed out if you get a cut or internal injury or something. So, it's good to know about your meds. It's good to research, okay? Just don't, you know, listen to your doctor, of course. Follow his advice, but at the same time, do your own study. I've called my doctor several times and said, you know what, I don't think this is going to work because of this, 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 this. And he listens to me, and he goes, you know what, you're right. And, um, you know, I, it's a fine line because you don't want to tell the doctor what to do, but you want to say, I'm a little concerned about my health with this medication, and, and likewise, my doctor is really good. Well, he'll be my doctor again once I get Cobra, but 
um, uh, he wanted to prescribe a medication for me. But then when he tried to, it came up on the computer, and a little warning came up and said, no, this prolongs the QT interval of the heart. And another medication I take does the same thing. So, you know, you don't want to prolong it too long because you might wake up dead, right? Um, I love that phrase. Um, anyway, so, you know, doctors are responsible for doing it too, and they have computer programs that help them do it when it comes to medication. But with this virus, or whatever it is, I'm not convinced it's a virus, but um, when it came around, you know, it was like everybody was caught with their pants down, didn't know what to do, and started putting a witch's brew together. Um, A new idea. Watch out for new ideas, folks. Um, My dad used to say the old way is a good way, and a lot of times that's true, okay? Um, First of all, this thing was really blown up very much beyond proportion, this virus or whatever it is. Um, it wasn't as bad. As a matter of fact, the flu was worse than the vi- than the coronavirus, okay? Um, and, and the flu disappeared this year. Wow, that's amazing. That makes you wonder if they're, they're releasing the flu on purpose every year. Hmm? And then not giving us the right um, recipe for killing it. Because nine times out of ten, when you get your shot, they find out that the shot's not effective because it's a different strain of the flu. Okay, is that planned or is it an accident? Well, you know, these guys are supposedly brainiacs that went to school for 10, 15 years to be able to do what they're doing, and uh, we're told that, you know, science really doesn't make mistakes. Um, Yes, they do. Uh, First of all, they believe in evolution. Uh, That's a big mistake right there, and um, they make a bunch of mistakes, trust me. Um, But anyway... So, if you haven't gotten your shot yet, think twice before you do it, okay? You know, we like you. We like our audience. We love you guys. We really do, you know? And I don't want to see my audience dropping off, you know, like flies, you know? I don't want to see that. I want to see you guys healthy and happy and prosperous and everything else. Uh, Last thing I want to do is, you know, hear that, somebody passed away because they got an embolism in their lung or in their brain. Um, it's interesting that the lungs are, in, are necessary for the cardiovascular system. It's called the pulmonary cardiovascular system. Your lungs and your heart work together. Your lungs take the bad stuff out of your blood and you exhale it in the way of CO2 and you inhale oxygen and then they give oxygenated uh, or oxygen to the, the fresh blood, which gets sent throughout your whole body. So, you know, it's, it's two things that work together all the time. And if they destroy your lungs, then basically they've destroyed everything. But if they destroy your brain, then they've destroyed everything too because your brain runs a lot of stuff too, you know. And um, whoever made this virus, it's, they're insidious, man. They are the most, some of the most evil and wicked people that, that walk the face of the earth. And, um, and it's all because there's people that want to take over the world and they want to, they don't want, okay, if it's big pharma, they want to make money off of it because if they make us sick, then they have to give us drugs to make us better or at least to control the symptoms. So their business is a double-edged sword. They're either killing us or just keeping us alive, right? Um, then you got environmental factors. you got them spraying the stupid clouds up there and or, or making chemtrails. 
which fall down to the ground. You breathe that garbage in, and then it falls on your food supply, and so you're eating that garbage. Um, and that makes you sick. You know, that they're theorizing that it leads to cancer, all different kinds of autoimmune diseases, the whole nine yards. So, um, you know, so they got you coming and going. But, you know, the good Lord has, has made us quite resilient, and he's made it so that we can um, we can survive a lot of stuff. Um, I, I grew up in northern New Jersey, and um, uh, I think the state model for New Jersey should be better living through chemicals because that's what they produce, especially in northeastern New Jersey uh, over by New York. If you've ever been on the turnpike and you drive up the turnpike, it's all refineries and chemical plants. And a lot of people think, well, New Jersey's the garden state. doesn't look like a garden to me. Well, it's, it's a very beautiful state in some areas. But, um, you know, so I grew up uh, walking to school smelling DuPont. Um, and there were a couple of other companies, too. I think Dow Chemical was there, too. I can't remember. Um, so, And then in the summertime, we used to ride our bikes behind a mosquito truck. I found somebody else that did that, too. One of my pastors lived in Montana. Excuse me. And um, he used to ride behind a mosquito truck, too, which, uh, I don't know, he's the first person I've ever met, other than online, that did it. I mean, other than family members. Um, so, you know, if we survive DDT clouds and um, all the garbage that's coming out and out of the sky and um, all the stuff we're ingesting into our mouth, um, you know, we're still a testimony to God's mercy and grace. We're a testimony that he takes care of us, that he's built these bodies pretty dang strong, you know. And um, my mother always makes comments about our generation, uh, baby boomers being a sick generation, because we're all coming down with things in our 50s and 60s that their generation came down in the 70s and 80s. Well, our generation has been exposed to a lot more garbage in the air and the water and the food and the soil, everything, than their generation ever was. So they, they were at the beginning of it and basically escaped it. We were born into it and been living through it. So, you know, I always tell her that, you know, <laughs> it's your generation that screwed everything up so that we're, we're all messed up. Anyway, um, you know, I've lived it to a ripe 62, and if the good Lord gives me another 10 or 20 years, I'll be thankful for it. Gives me six months, I'll be thankful for it. It's a win-win situation because when you know Yeshua HaMashiach or Jesus Christ, you uh, to live. What Paul said to live is Christ, to die is gain. Okay, so it's a win-win situation. So, um, and it's a good way to be able to think about things like that too, because then you're like, okay, oh well, you know, because of Yeshua, I'm very basically impervious to death. You know, uh, they could take me out, but I'll live forever. And I'll live in paradise, too, where the people that are trying to take me out are going to Sheol and then into the lake of fire. Um, whether they're going to be there for eternity or whether there's annihilationism, I don't know. But um, I tend to believe that they're going to be there for forever and ever. But um, there are some people that um, disagree with that, and they're free to think of what they want. But anyway, um, so, and I, I said a few shows ago, I think... Um, Hey, if if you're not a believer, and with all the garbage that's going on politically, in a religious realm, environmentally, and every other way you can think of on this earth, all the stress and pressures that are be put that are being put on us on our shoulders, right? How do you carry that without the knowledge that there's a better life afterwards? To where if something happens to you, you you've got insurance, you've got 
the master and king of the universe, the creator of everything that exists, he made you and he wants you to be with him. And if you do come to him, you're going to live forever in paradise. Um, there was a Dr. Richard Eby, I think his name was. I read the book years and years and years ago. And he uh, he fell down on uh, off of some stairs or something. And he cracked his head open. I think part of his brains were laying out or something, if I remember the book correctly. I don't mean to put that lightly, but um, I don't want to describe it. Um, especially if you're watching this while you're trying to eat or something or listening while you're trying to eat. But anyway, um, and he supposedly went to heaven. And, you know, some people like kind of, mm, not really. Some people are like, yeah, that sounds about what it would sound like. Yeah. And he said you could smell colors. You can, um, everything vibrated kind of with a, like a beautiful vibration and everything. Like there was music in everything, um, the plants and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it's really weird. And I, I'm, I'm going to find out someday. <laughs> um, but. You know when, when leaves change in the fall and they lose their chlorophyll and, you know, some tree, trees uh, turn a bright orange, others turn a dark red, others turn yellow, um, beautiful colors. If you've ever been in the Northeast and if you, well, if you live there and you're listening or watching, you know what I'm talking about. You know, the colors are, are incredible. It's like a kaleidoscope of beauty all over the mountains and stuff. And, um, and because the trees have lost their chlorophyll. Well, why do, why do trees have chlorophyll? Because they use sunlight to make food. Well, we're told that there are trees in heaven. Okay? So I think that when the trees turn color in the fall, that's the color the trees are going to be in heaven. Okay? Now, I can't prove that, but it makes sense to me. You don't need, you're not going to need the sun in heaven. The sun is a part of the creation. Heaven's eternal. So the trees should, you know receive their sustenance from the maker of trees, the maker of all things. Um, so that's just something to think about. There's, you know, um, it's just amazing. To, to, I don't know if you've ever done it, but just sit there and just ponder heaven. I know you younger people can't, you really don't have imaginations anymore because you've watched so much television and video games and stuff like that, that um, you're, a lot of young people, they're finding that they have their brain shut off. They have no imagination. They can't think. Um, you know, what ramifications might be down the road for their actions. And that's a deficit, if you ask me. You know, there are no video games in heaven. Um, it's going to be more of a reality than this life. And if you're living this life in a kind of a pseudo-reality by playing video games all the time or texting all the time or on the phone all the time or whatever, you're missing out on a lot of life. And that's that's a shame because life has a lot to offer. Um I suggest maybe you go out to a, a secluded area, you know, where it's safe, of course. Nowadays, that's kind of hard to find. Um, but And you just sit there and, and absorb the beauty that's out there. Look at the trees, how they're, you know, they're symmetrical and they look beautiful. And and look at the clouds that they're, as they're going by. Sometimes they make shapes. Um, we saw a cloud the other day that formed a Star of David. I couldn't believe it. Um it was a perfect star, David, and then, it, you know, as quick as it formed, it, it dissipated. But I was like, wow, I wish I had a picture of that. Um, and that's what we were driving. So, you know, <laughs> uh, my wife saw it first, and, you know, I tried to look at it, but I had to watch the road at the same time. So she got to absorb more of the beauty of that cloud than I did. 
Um, but, you know, the Grand Canyon, have you ever been to the Grand Canyon and seen it during different parts of the day? In the morning, it looks different than, than it does in the evening because the, the, the light in the morning is um, is more uh, more yellow or, or, or whitish, and the, and the light in the evening is kind of like a reddish color. So it lights up the canyon differently. But the canyon's beautiful, all different colors, more than you could ever take in at one time. And, um, and the stars, well... Nowadays, a lot of people can't see the stars because they live in cities. It's one reason I like living out in the country. I can go out there right now with my dogs and look up at the heavens and see the Milky Way and all the stars. And uh, what a blessing that is. <laughs> That's when it's not cloudy out. This is Oregon. It gets cloudy out a lot. Um, so, you know, I, I exhort you, you know, to um, just take a break every once in a while and just absorb what God's put in front of us. You know, if you live in a city, maybe the sunrise. Look at the sunrise in the morning because the sunrise is beautiful just about anywhere you go. Um, I hate it when Norton's doing stuff and I'm trying to talk. Anyway, um, anything, you know, um, look at your hand and see how incredibly intricate your hand is. You have an opposing thumb. We're the only species that has an opposing thumb. Okay. Monkeys have thumbs, but they go like this. They don't. They don't oppose. They can't do that. Okay. Look at your eye. Think about your eye. How intricate it is. It has rods and cones that find that, that look at black and white color differently. Uh, everybody's irises are unique. Look at your. If you have a loved one, look at their iris and look at it. If it's blue, it might have a little bit of brown in it. If it's green, it might have yellow. You know, it's just amazing to look at. The intricacy that God has made in our in our bodies, how, how he's made them. Um, your body is like a giant electrical and plumbing device. You know, it's uh, um, the blood helps to cool you down. So it's a it's a, a heat rectifier. Um, it helps to feed your body. Um, it, it dissipates water into different parts of your body. Distributes, I'm sorry, distributes water to different parts of your body that need it. If one part of your body is lacking water, it'll, it'll keep it from one part and move it to that part. Uh, some of us have too much water in our systems and our ankles swell. Um, but if you if you elevate your legs, that goes away. Um, so, so in your, your electrical system, system in your body, body you, know, you know, it, it, it runs, runs down, down to your heart, heart and, and, and feeds your heart with electricity. electricity. It runs to all your organs and causes those to work. It sends signals from your brain to every organ in your body and tells it how to work. Um, the electronics of the human body are amazing. Uh, the neurology, the, uh, you know, how you can just touch your finger like that and feel it. Well, yeah, you're touching your finger here, but you're actually feeling it here, but you feel it here at the same time. Um, did you know that the right eye is controlled by the left side of the brain and the left eye is controlled by the right side of the brain In the brain, they cross and they go to the other side. Um, that's amazing. Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But we were created that way. Um, you have you have um, optic centers in your this part of your brain, your uh, your cortex back here. Um, that what they call the monkey part of your brain has um, affects your uh, your sight a lot too. If you have a a uh, massager, my dad used to say that the sweetest massager used to fit on the fingers, and you'd kind of like you know. Um, you put on your neck and, you know, if you put that directly on the back of your, where your skull joins your, your neck, 
you know, watch the waves go up and down. Like if you're looking at this computer right now, the waves would be going like this because part of your optic system is back here. Your ears are, are amazing the way that works. You know, the sound hits the drum, it hits the two bones, um, which goes into the, uh, was it the cochlea? Yeah. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of little hairs in there that are nerve fibers, and they pick up the sound and send it to your brain, and you hear it. Um, that didn't happen by accident, and nobody's ever going to get me to believe that that happened by accident. Um, just just one species has, you know, it would take trillions of years just for one species to evolve, let alone all the species or kinds that there are on the earth. Um, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. And... Um, if you don't know him, you're missing out on all that. You really are. You can take the scientific explanations. A lot of times they mesh with scripture, but a lot of times they don't. Um, you have to rightly divide the word on that, but um, science does prove the Bible. And in ways, the Bible proves science. They kind of go together because the one that wrote the Bible made all the physical laws, right? <laughs> when he brought the universe into, into existence. Um, so... Anyway, I'm, I feel like I'm rambling on now, but I just, you know, a lot of us need a break, okay? Uh, we've been, like I said, we've been hit with the COVID thing. We've been hit with the mask thing, um, the possibility of forced injections, um, you know, the possibility of the Chinese uh, striking the United States this summer um, or coming down from Canada. That's another thing I've heard. Uh, Biden is systematically destroying the United States, so we got that on our minds. Um, everything. You know, your neighbors are frustrated because of this COVID thing. They're as frustrated as you are, and they're taking it out on in ways that you're not taking it out. So everybody's on edge. Everybody's stressed out. Everybody's just freaking out right now, and everybody just needs to stop. You know, that big stop sign right there. Stop and smell the roses. That's another good thing to do, go smell flowers. Make sure there's no bees on them, though, first. Um, and that's what we need to do. We need to, to, to get away from it. And if it means closing your eyes and imagining a beautiful scene that you've seen before or something that you'd like to see. I remember one time I had to take, do an MRI, and I don't do very good in closed spaces. Um, and the, close, the more closed the space, the less good I do. Um and, and they rolled me into an MRI, and then, you know, they, they moved the bench so you go into it. And I wasn't too comfortable in there. Um, I wasn't freaked out or anything, but what I did is I started with Genesis, and I imagined God creating the earth. I imagined him creating the animals. I imagined him creating man. I imagined what the Garden of Eden was like, what the Nakash was like. Um, I imagined what it was like to get kicked out of the Garden of Eden and, and into a world filled with thorns and thistles. Um you know, and by the time I was halfway through Genesis, the MRI was over and I, they were pulling me out of the thing, you know, and um, and that's how I coped with that. It's called the coping mechanism, and that's a good coping mechanism for our everyday stress nowadays is to, is to in your mind's eye, go somewhere different. I'm not talking about imagining things and hoping that they come true. That's, that's a cult. We don't do that. Um, but... Um, there's nothing wrong with imagining in your eyes something beautiful. And I don't mean the girl next door, okay? <laughs> um, I mean something in nature that's beautiful, some attribute of uh, humanity that's beautiful. Um, 
we're not totally corrupt yet, so there is still some love in the world. There, there are places of peace um, and stuff like that. I'm not telling you to practice anything new age or anything like that. But just take a break, for goodness sakes. Even work gives you a break time, right? And this life is work. It really is. It's not like our grandparents and our parents had, where they retired and everything was beautiful. They went out fishing all day long or or hunting or you know, doing, doing whatever it was they did, you know? We retire and we still have to do stuff. we got bills to pay. We've got taxes to think about. We've got uh, numerous things to do. And life's not easy. I'll be the first one to admit it, and I know you'll agree with me. And so we need to just peace out and just reflect on what Paul said, whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is, I can't remember the whole scripture. I'm not very good at memorizing scripture. Um, but it goes through a whole list of beautiful things, of, of things that are worthy of thinking about and things that are beneficial for you to think about. And he says, if there's anything good, think on those things. And trust me, it works. It really does. Um, I um, I don't know what else to say. If you're having relational problems in your marriage, I'll tell you what happens. Um, my first wife and I, and this was the first time I was ever married. And I got married at, I think, like 39 years old or 40 or something like that. Maybe it was later than that, like 45. But anyway... Um, I wasn't very good at relationships because I, you know, I dated before, but I never really married anybody. And, you know, what do you do when you've never been married before? It's a test. You have to, you have to grow into it. You have to learn. And so what we decided to do is that if we had a disagreement, I would say, okay, if we were in the room we were in, like if we were in the bedroom talking, had a disagreement, I'd say, you stay in here and pray. I'll go in the other room and pray. And I'm going to pray that if I'm wrong, the Lord will show me if you're wrong, the Lord will show me, but he'll show you the same thing. And we never really fought. Um, you know, we'd, we'd see it start coming and then we do that. And I would tell you a bunch of times it was me. The Lord would say, no, you did that wrong. You need to go in and tell her you're start, you're sorry, you know? And, and I did, and everything moved along really well. And, um, unfortunately the Lord brought her home a lot sooner than, you know, we had ever anticipated, but, uh, Considering the way her health was, she um, she's doing a lot better. Um, and I get to see her again, too, so that's good. And uh, and the same thing with my wife here. You know, my second wife and last wife. Because um, we plan on living our lives out until we, we pass away but or get raptured, whatever comes first. But, um, you know, we... we agree not to disagree many times and other times we agree to talk it out sometimes you know things get a little turbulent but for the most part we give each other the benefit of the doubt and um and you know because i never really matured in a, in a marriage i didn't have time to my wife died after about two and a half years and um so you know i, I hadn't had the skills to to be the husband that a lot of people would want, you know, a lot of women would want. And, uh, and my wife was married before and there was hurts there and stuff like that. So, you know, she had, she had some stuff going on and I had stuff going on. So, um, but you know, we're, we're going to be going on 10 years next year. So must be doing something right. The Lord's just blessing us in all different kinds of ways. So, um, anyway, 
Uh, we're at an hour and 23 minutes. I think I better close this out. But if you walk away with anything other than the information about the, the coronavirus and uh, the, the injections and what they do, you know, that's all good stuff. But don't worry about it, okay? Um, the, the scripture says that he that watches over Israel neither slumbers or sleeps, which means he's always got his eye on us, okay? And, you know, we, we don't replace Israel. We join with them, okay? Um, and someday they're going to come to the truth and uh, they're going to accept Yeshua. Um, things are going to be bad for them when they do it. And um, they're going to cry out the words, Baruch Habab Hashem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they might uh, they might substitute Yahweh for Adonai. Um, I don't know. Uh, they're kind of funny about saying the name of God right now, but um, because they don't have a relationship with him. But um, anyway, so um, we're part of, we've been grafted in, or a lot of people have grafted in, I should say, to the, um, the Hebrew root, uh, rootstock, and um, therefore they are part of Israel. And uh, anyway, so that having been said, you know, if he watches over Israel, he's watching over us too, right? It, it just stands to reason. Um, let's see. And um, there's other scriptures, too. Um, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And he goes on to say, this is the heritage of those who are uh, belong to the Lord. You know, uh, that's really neat. Because it means that although this woman across the street is being a real jerk, um, I'm not going to go into that, but um, I know that. And I think she's a Wiccan, too, so... I know that whatever she tries to do, whether it's casting spells or, you know, praying to Lucifer against me or to the nature gods or whatever she prays to, um, I know that God's got me covered. Um, back when, you know, before I uh, achieved total victory over alien abduction or the attempt to abduct me, um, you know, I would always cry out the name of Yeshua or Jesus and they'd leave. Okay. Um, so that was a tool that he gave me to fight against this stuff. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, anyway, so he doesn't leave us as orphans. He doesn't leave us empty handed. And if you're going through a lot of turmoil tonight, and I'm going to end with this, and you don't know him, then you might really want to consider getting to know him. And if you want, just write to, um, was it opposing the matrix one at gmail.com all one word and um you know we can pray for you or um talk with you and pray with you and um you know your, your life could be totally changed around i know he i was pretty screwed up and he changed me around um my wife might argue with that but um she didn't know me when i was totally corrupt and um, a drug addict and a whole nine yards. So um, anyway, that was 40, over 40 years ago, 42, 43 years ago. So anyway, um, I'm going to close out now. I keep saying that, and I'm actually going to do it this time. So all of you, be blessed. Have a wonderful weekend, okay? Or what's left of it by the time you, you watch this or, or listen to it. And um, just know that... Uh, if you belong to him, he's on your side, and he's going to help you out. 
and just trust that that's the truth, okay? And know that, um, uh, be really cautious about taking that vaccine because it is a killer, okay? I can't tell you not to do it because that would be practicing medicine and prescribing, but I really ask you to consider not doing it, okay? Look at all the evidence before you do it, and, um, and don't listen to other people who think they know everything. Make your own judgment. Having said that, I'm going to bid you a good night, and uh, adios, and uh, arrivederci, and good um, night, and leila um, tov, and we will see you on Monday with uh, Ralph Epperson, me, and Brian. So, talk to you later. Bye.